don't get so preoccupied with a timeline, whether it be your own or others. You know, it's okay to let life just happen and to enjoy it. You don't always have to be chasing the next thing. I wish I would have told myself that. Ultimately, I'm happy with where I ended up, but I feel like it would have alleviated a lot of the stress and shame, which is so like, I hate that I felt ashamed that I didn't have like a real job, basically. But I guess it prepared me for now because I'm content creator. So people will be like, get a real job. And I'm like, well, listen, I've been told to get a real job for like 20 years now. Joelle, welcome to Cast Creators. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So glad you're here. So excited to meet you and that you're here. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I can't wait for a conversation. Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen? It's already so much has transpired. I can't wait for more. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Um. So I'm. I was born in Barrie, Ontario, but I don't. I don't feel like I have a hometown because my dad was in the military, so we moved around every two to three. Oh, Is your dad in the military? No. Yeah. 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 Was my God. Dad? So I didn't, this is not an ode to your dad, but it could be. Really? It's here in the notes. So my dad was in the military, so he moved around a lot. We lived in Germany. We lived in Ottawa twice. We lived in every small town and. Ontario. Wow, you lived in Germany for yeah, a bit. it was when um, Germany had the Canadian base out there. So I feel like any military brat of the like 80s or early 90s was in Germany because that's where everybody was kind of met. And now we're all over the place. But yeah, but when I think of a hotel or a hometown prior to Toronto, a I hotel. lived in... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Freudian> <laughs> <It's a hotel. laughs> Not quite over there. Um it, yeah, I, I say Ottawa because I went to high school there. Okay. So I feel like high school, university, formative years, that would be my yeah. hometown. Yeah. So you have a lot of experience sort of leaving a friend group or yes. at least a couple of times and then and then sparking up a new friend. Group. Yes. Yeah. So so you, what's the first time that happened in your life and what was that like? Um. So. It must have happened even prior to my memories because we were moving around so often. The first time I can remember it is I I think is when we moved from Germany to Kingston and I must have been maybe 11 or something. And I remember I was a very shy kid. Like I, I could not speak to people. I was very shy. And I was just lucky that I always had like a bossy busybody that would be like, you're my friend now. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then I would just explain to them. There you go. I could totally see that dynamic happening. So I remember that. And then after the last move was, I can't even remember from where to Ottawa, but that was in grade eight. And I remember that being a really hard move. Yeah, Yeah. I would never recommend somebody moving the year prior to going to high school. That's when I was like, okay, I don't love this. But yeah, so that that's when I came into Ottawa and I did love Ottawa. I love, made some great friends there and I stayed there for university. But I feel like because I've lived so many places, especially small town yeah. Ontario, that's why I love Toronto so much. <laughs> because when I moved here, which was for work, I was like, oh, my I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to leave. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think people like could be so like there were so many things to do yeah. and see. And it was like endless. So I was like, I'm hooked. And I've been here ever since. Wow. So you were in high school and in Ottawa. Yes. And then you stayed there for university. I did. Yeah. 
and then you made the shift. So what, what did you go to school for and how did you get to Toronto and what was your profession at that time? Like, so how, what were you after? I went to school for social work. I, I So I started off my major in social work. I did a placement. I quickly realized social work wasn't for me, which is why I think it's so it's too young when you're 16 or 17 to decide what you want. I don't even think I knew what a social worker was when right. I decided to go well, into it. Social working gets pretty grisly. It, it does. But wait, I go into <laughs> so it. It's more grisly. OK, so then I, I so I, I was like, I can't do this. So I, mm-hmm. I finished at the um, a major in psychology, just to kind of end university. University wasn't my favorite, to be honest. And then I was working as a waitress and I was like doing the thing where like you work for a long time and then you travel, you work, you travel kind of thing. And eventually people were like, "Okay, you need to figure out what to do. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I had like literally no idea what I wanted to do. So I was talking to a cousin's friend. She's like, you know what? You should think about becoming a funeral director. I think you would like it. And I was like, oh, I'm like, wow. I've never even thought about that. You know what it's like? I know what I'm going to do. Yes, exactly. Wow. So I was literally like, I think it was after a shift and I was at home and I was like, hmm, I'm like, and I remembered that conversation. So I literally opened up the yellow pages, like which they had <laughs> at that time. And I like looked at the funeral home, like the closest one to me. And I called them and I was like, hello. I'm like, I'm interested in becoming and working in this can I come visit you? And they're like, yes. They were so desperate for people. They're like, do you have a suit? I'm like, yes. They're like, come tomorrow at this time. And then I started working there. And then before I knew it, (laughs) I was in school. That's what brought me to Toronto is to go to school for funeral directing. Wow. And that's why I was here. Wow. Yeah. Well, you would liven up. You'd bring a lot of sunshine to a funeral. Yeah. I hope so. so. <laughs> like, you put the fun in funeral. Yes, that's yeah. True. Right. It's true. Yeah, that's you like really a, would. Everyone slowly. Yeah, I beat. bet everyone says it, that it, to you. It, it was, they can't back it up, though. No, definitely but not. I'm sure you could. I could try. Yeah, we have some stories for sure. Yeah. So, like, how long did you do that? I did it for a long time. So, I, I, I did it until. I started my blog while I was doing like funeral, while I was a funeral director and then transitioned out of that into what we know now, basically, but in like its infant stages, like before, I don't know, TikTok or anything like that. Yeah. So it's like a crazy transition. But that's what like ultimately got me to Toronto. And I loved the industry. And it's funny, like everybody I feel like that works there has like a bit of a screw loose upstairs. So everybody is very funny, very affable, a little yeah. nutty. You know what I mean? Yes. So people would say they're like, it must have been so depressing. I'm like, it was a lot of the time. I'm like, but it was also really funny. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, was, yeah, like, there's was, sort of like there's humor running through it because if you're not a little bit funny and you can't make light of everything, yeah. it just gets too heavy and you can't bear it. That's yeah. basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you end up with a lot true. of funny characters. Yes, it's true. A lot of like, yeah, people who just have like a really sick sense of humor, basically, <laughs> yeah. is the only way I could describe it. So that's uh, that's how I ended up here. So you started writing your blog. I did, yeah. And um, what were some of the initial topics and things that you wanted to talk about at the beginning of that so even though like everything was pretty funny and stuff (laughs) it did get like really really depressing plus like people i don't think people understand with funeral services it's a really intense job like yeah i was gonna ask like what is it before we get to the blog like what is it like it's 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 a lot of organizing and like speaking to people and people skills and like trying to make people comfortable but also trying to organize this like huge celebration in like sometimes 24 hours sometimes like a month it depends on the culture you have to be very like culturally sensitive to certain things 
Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's a lot of moving parts. So that's why it's like such a high stress job mm-hmm. and not necessarily because of like, you know, the heavy topic it deals with, but because of like, it's just a crazy job. It is just an ever and like it is such a prehistoric industry that like everything is done in person, like paper, faxes. You need to bring this like to Toronto. I was in Brampton at the time. Like it was just insane, like how much went into it. Right. It's all hard copy sort of yes, stuff. All hard <laughs> copy. No, like yeah. Uber for future. No, maybe there is now. I don't I I would I doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but everything is like, like it was just it's it's so much moving parts and everything. And so you kind of like have this like camaraderie with everyone. So you're like, you're all in the trenches together, but it's a lot. It was like 50 hours on average and that's not including on-call time. So you'd have to be like on-call for like families who like lost a loved one and were confused and they wanted to speak to a funeral director. Yeah. So it was just like, it was kind of like too much. At one point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm so tired. It's like so stressful. It's so like heavy and I'm like I just want something like light in my life you know like something superficial (laughs) so that's where the blog came in I was like I would love to and I read like your blog I wrote Gracie's I loved all the Toronto blog scenes I was like I want to do that too so that's where that started oh amazing yeah and what was your first thing that you wrote do you remember yes so I started (laughs) off the blog as like a 30 things to do before 30 so that oh, was like a nice way to start. Yeah, so I, I looked at that post today. Oh, actually. did you? Yeah, I, yeah. I was looking at that the other day, too. because I was like, oh, it's so funny to me because now I'm like pushing 40. So yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, how funny. Like, you really don't know how much time has gone by. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, that's how I started. I basically just wanted an excuse to do it because I was really embarrassed to to sh- tell people that I wanted to do that because to me. I was already too late, which is so funny to think because it was like 2013. But I'm like, there's already bloggers. They're already there. Like, I'm embarrassed that I even want to do this. So let me have like a little excuse of to do it. Yeah. Knowing that I wanted to do like cover a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It's funny how, you know, you can perceive the perception of timing is so strange. It is strange. Because uh, you, you think you're late. But uh, you, you know, you get older, you realize you're real early. That's so, and it's <laughs> yeah. even when I look back to when I decided to be a funeral director, when I was like, I can't do this waitressing thing forever. Like, what am I going to do with my? I was like 22 years old, you know. So <laughs> right, like, like, <laughs> I you're just, like still a child. I know. When I look back, I'm like, what were you thinking? Like, it all ended up working out. But it's so yeah. funny. You're right. In hindsight, you're like, you were so young, and you were thinking you didn't have enough time, but really, like. You know, everything, everything worked out. What would you, if you had something to tell your 22-year-old self, what would you be saying to her? I would say, don't get so preoccupied with a timeline, whether it be your own or others. You know, it's okay to let life just happen and to enjoy it. You don't always have to be chasing the next thing. I wish I would have told myself that. Ultimately, I'm happy with where I ended up, but I feel like it would have alleviated a lot of the stress and shame, which is so like I hate that I felt ashamed that I didn't have like a real job, basically. But I guess it prepared me for now because I am content creator. So people will be like, get a real job. And I'm like, well, listen, I've been told to get a real job for like 20 years now. So (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you're at it long enough that now it basically is a real it job. Is real. <laughs> it is really, yeah. up. Totally, right? So there you go. One of the things I was going to say is like when it comes to thinking like, oh, you know, it's too late. Or I had someone say to the other me, oh, the other day to me, oh, I want to start a blog. I was like, just start. Just yes. start now and do it. It's like you're not too late. It's like, do you think that 
you know, let's say Meryl Streep isn't concerned about the new hot actor of that year. Like there's always going to be, it's like, like acting, there's always going to be new, new talent and new people coming on the scene, but also, you know, there's other people who have a legacy that have been doing it longer and every, there's enough room for everyone. You can yes. all appreciate each other. Like the internet's not too full of bloggers or too full of TikTokers or too full of anything. It's like, just get out there and do something. Absolutely. You know, like, don't, you know, I remember there's a Nike ad that said, tomorrow you tomorrow you tomorrow you'll wish you started today that you is know? so true and it's like yeah, that's a good one yeah, yeah. And it's like why wait why put off till tomorrow what you can do today just get in and do it like even if your first blog post is like super shitty like my yeah. first blog post i would love to see your first blog post i used to draw like cg cartoons on my com- on a computer it's like i started my blog in my first job and my boss like went away to florida for a month and i was like he <laughs> <laughs> And I just started posting like, I know, my, the idea was people, places, things and thoughts as a way to keep more memories. So I just started like writing like, I don't know, ding dong posts about what I did that day. <laughs> I love that. That's where it started. And that was 200 years ago. <laughs> but you did it even before there was like an established yeah, like, there was group no, of people. Um, there was no Twitter. There was Twitter wasn't invented yet. So I started in 2005 and then there, I only had like two people read my, like my mom would read my blog and get like <laughs> random Google traffic because I had some keyword, but you know, it was not, you know, nobody read my blog for like the first two years. Like, and I didn't care. I just, it was a diary for me to, to document what I was doing. And, right. um, and I, I didn't care. And I, my friends made fun of me and it's like a joke between a couple of friends. Like, They'd always be like, hey, loser, why are you coming out to the bar? You're going to stay home working on your blog. <laughs> they used to make fun of me. And I'd be like sitting on the couch on Friday night, like, dee, 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 like writing my stupid blog. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, I'm just glad that I kept it up and was consistent, even though no one was really going there. And then when Twitter, you know, came to be, that helped a lot of people. I've I connected with like-minded people who were like maybe doing the same thing or like thought it was cool. And I was like, I found my people. And yeah, and then the rest is history. It's so interesting. It's interesting to me where it's like, I almost feel like it was easier to be like, to persevere at it. Well, you did started much earlier than I, but even in 2013, because there wasn't like a business or there really wasn't any like gratification towards it. So it's like, if I got a comment that wasn't my mom, I was like, oh, my God, again, famous. Like, I'm like, I'm doing it. for. I was so excited, you know, whereas now I feel like that's why people don't persevere is because they're like, well, I'm not getting contracts. I'm not getting free stuff. I'm not mm. getting like the followers, the likes or anything like that. So it kind of acts as like a deterrent almost yeah. where it's like you really have to just focus on doing it because you really love it, you know, and that's going to get you the perseverance. And I feel like when a lot of people are like how to make it in social media which changes all the time. But the one thing they leave out is just perseverance, like doing it for long enough. It's like the most unsexy like yeah. tip, yeah. right? Consistency but it's like, is, yeah, like but content is this, this is that. No, actually the real, the real thing is consistent. Totally. And just loving what you do and like finding something that like makes you happy yeah. outside of like what you're getting from other people, which was easier back then because we got nothing. You yeah. know, right. I remember <laughs> yeah. telling people like if you want to start a blog or you want to start any of your thing and your goal is like, I'm going to make this Instagram because I need to make my I want to make money or my TikTok to make money or my something to make money. If that's like your main motivator, you're probably going to quit and totally. it's not going to happen. Yeah. So like, if you're not doing something that you actually really, really find fun and you like it, you're not going to stick at it. And if money's the only thing that's driving you, then 
like get a real mom. Totally. <laughs> you know, because it's not, you're not going to be satisfied because if you, you're just going for it for that, you're, you're not going to be c- creating the type of content that makes you happy and you're going to probably give up. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you say real job, you really mean like a, a nine employee. To, yeah, become an employee or become a nine to five employee. Yeah, get a get a nine. To, if you're if money's your main motivator, make sure you have a nine to five job that's going to pay your bills and then maybe try the thing on the side. But don't just dive into being like quit your job and then and have never done it before and then say, I'm going to be a influencer or a blogger or something. And then expect that money's just going to come to you because it takes a lot of work, you know, and it takes a lot of dedication, time and that consistency. Totally. And like, it doesn't just and, happen overnight. And you're just you're you're depriving yourself of the joy that can come from this where you're doing something yeah. like just for yourself, you know. So it's it's a shame if you were to go into it that for that mentality because you very well could make it, but you're not going to enjoy the process as much. Yeah. And then if you, you know, if maybe that's your only thing and you start making money, And then you're depending on you have to, you know, like you have to keep doing that stuff just to make the money to pay your bills. Because I remember, you know, I had started like I was completely freelance and I was full time content creator and I hadn't really taken on clients. And there was a period where I was like, I guess I have to take this brand deal because otherwise I'm not going to be able to pay my rent right now. And then that took even more joy out of it because I was just like, I have to do this, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was like it it wasn't necessarily like authentic and fun and really me. But because I ha- that was all I had going on at the time. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. You have to love it. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point of quitting the situation that you like didn't like to work for yourself to ultimately hate it? To, like <laughs> then be in the same situation, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So walk us through the transition from having your nine to five and getting into blogging. And then blogging sort of gradually becomes commercial enough that you have confidence that, hey, maybe I could sort of crossfade over 100%. <laughs> yeah. So what does that look like and how do you navigate That it? was a really long process. It yeah, I'm thinking it's years probably. Yeah, it was. So I started in 2013, my blog, and I quit my full-time job in 2017, I believe. So yeah. And, and when I quit my job, like I wasn't, I like I, I, it wasn't like super, super lucrative, but I was like, I feel like this could be something. But that yeah. was tough. So basically, so I, I started this blog when I was in funeral service and it started to, like I loved it so much. I loved like the interaction and I started to meet people in Toronto. That was the one thing that I'm so grateful for, like this industry and my blog, because I met so many amazing mm. people because Toronto, I will say, is a very difficult place to make friends. It can be, you know. It's almost too big that like to try to find your people takes so much work, right? Because you have like, I had lots of friends, but I felt like I didn't connect with anybody yeah. on a different level. And it was tough, like, because I didn't grow up here or anything. Yeah. Um, but then when I had the blog, I started meeting other people who were also beginner bloggers. And we kind of like formed together and we would help each other out with content and things like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have these friends. And then it opened up a whole lens to the city. So I got to like go to different events at a place I would never have known. So it was just, it was so incredible. So I became like kind of addicted to that. So I felt bad because my love for funeral service was like kind of going to the wayside. So I was like, this whole other world exists and I would like to be a part of it. Yeah. So when I was like, okay, I think I want to start pursuing this seriously. I knew I didn't have enough. Like, I don't think I was getting paid hardly anything at all. So I knew I had to get another job. And the thing about 
funeral service is you don't like it's not a nine to five. It's like a eight to seven. It's like a like, I don't know, one to 12 midnight. Like, so it was too much to try to do it. So I was like, okay, I have to go and transition out of this. So I worked at another company downtown Toronto with the mindset that I'm like, I just want to blog. That's really all I wanted to do. And I'm like, I just want more time to blog. I can't be working the 50 hours. You know what I mean? The like on calls and everything like that. So I worked for this like small company and then I started to get a little bit more in contracts and like money. And I was like, oh, I was like, maybe I, I can do this yeah. like as my job. But the insecurity kind of crept up. And I, I felt embarrassed for even saying that because people were like, it was so new. They're like, oh, my God. They're like, there's no future. Yeah, how in are this. you make money? This is exactly. going to last. Oh, this is just a fad. The bubble's going to pop, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I felt embarrassed by that. So I was like, <laughs> no, people would be like, do you think you do it full time? I'm like, oh my God, no, no, no. I would never do that. Even though knowing that I really you wanted right. to. Oh, yeah. I was just so embarrassed. <laughs> and then finally something clicked where I was like, you know what? No, I actually really do want to do this. Like, yeah. I really, really want to do it. And then I started to tell people that I wanted to do it. And I swear, like from the second I started telling people being like, yeah, I'd love for this to be my full time job. It's like everything went into overdrive and things started to like really progress. Like before it was just like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But then as soon as I was like, no, I'm going to do this. It was like, boom. And I feel like it was because I made that intention. So pretty soon after that, I started to get a little bit more jobs. So I went down from full time at my little office job to part time to try to like kind of balance like making like rent and stuff like that and then eventually they were like listen like you're we can't do you part-time because I was like don't worry I'll just work part-time but I'll do my full-time role in the part-time hours <laughs> no problem and then I did that for like six months they're like it's not working I'm like agreed <laughs> they're like you have to go back full-time like, I'm I like I'm not going to so then they're like well then you're fired well not really they're yeah, like, like we're gonna let you yeah we're gonna let you go and I was like okay I'm like I guess this is it so that's how I ended up doing it full-time so it was like half my choice half not my choice but I feel like the second I was like yes I do want to do this is when like things started to to happen so I kind of opened myself up to like good things happening I feel like do you know what I had a very similar type of thing when I had um I had worked full-time at a IT recruiting company in like the financial district I wore a suit every day oh my god a briefcase see that like no tattoos (laughs) was like I don't know I when I look at her I don't even know that girl but my boss said called me into his office like hey and I had my blog and I would like stay after work to like print out stickers with my url on them on avery labels and i would stick them all over the city because like i was just i would want to be blogging all the time yeah i I loved it and then my boss was like case you know like what's going on you know (laughs) you don't seem like yourself and i said i don't want to work here anymore but i need i need the two weeks and i need the money he goes you know what you can have the two weeks so you could be done today (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. And then I was like, okay, well, now what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> so I went over to um, Hemingway's and like the owner there is from New Zealand and so is my family. And I was like, can I have a job? And they said, we're not hiring. And then the next day they said, can you work tonight? And then I worked there for like a few months. And Amazing. shortly after that, I had um, a job and then I ended up applying to Much Music and MTV and I got my first social job there, which it was exciting. But I just wasn't feeling that job anymore. And I wanted to do, I, I knew that this new thing was going to, there was something coming and I wanted to be part of it. And I just didn't want to have that regular 
boring job anymore. Yeah, it's it's like once you figure out what you want to do, it's like anything, anytime not doing that, it just doesn't feel right. And it eats away at you. Yes. It's like you need to go confidently in the direction of your dreams and then like not have doubts about it and just, you know, really go for it. Because like your doubts will be the thing that holds you back from opening those doors. You need to like say, nope, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And look out, here I come. (laughs) And tell people about it, that you're excited about it. Because otherwise, if you're like, I don't know, I might do this. People are going to be like, well, I don't believe in you, so don't do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Or yeah, it's true. If you're like, well, no, it's not going to work out, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. People are like, yeah, I guess it's not going to work out. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's incredible how much like confidence can like inspire confidence in other people. Yes. I feel like I, I wish I had learned that earlier in life. But now that I kind of have a handle on that, it's like things have changed for sure. Yeah, yeah there's very few extremely successful people who are like meek about their projects. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think you go too far being like meek about no. your yeah. project. It's it's easier socially, right, to be meek because it's like I feel like, well, I always say, yes, yeah, it's like because you always feel so judged. You don't want to like gloat. You're like, yeah, right. But the people who gloat eventually end up succeeding for sure. And it, it might take them 10 years or a year, you know, but they eventually end up getting there because they're so convinced. Well, self promotion can be done in. Sometimes distasteful ways, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. but but if you can find a vein to do it in a way that is palatable, right? It's definitely worth doing. But it's it's you know you gotta yeah. you gotta figure out what yeah. works and what I doesn't. And it's it's different. For, yeah. It's different. And I'm sure for, we've both seen the other side. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and it's different like. for everybody. And it's different within the context of every project in yeah. a sense. totally it's more just if you have excitement about like yes. something yeah. or yourself yeah, anything you know it's like excitement is really contagious so it's yeah. true it's like if you're meek and you're like yeah you know what it's not gonna happen who cares people are more comfortable with that you know but if you're like i love this yeah people even if they're naysayers will start to kind of like get a little yeah. like riled up about it too yeah, you end up attracting confident, happy, excited people yes. too. So it's sort of quite a nice way to do it. If you want to do a weed out of yeah. people, okay, show yeah. up excited about something that you're doing, okay? So You'll start to weed them out. Yeah, it is true. That's so smart. So walk through a couple of those first clients, those first jobs. Like what are they looking <laughs> like for the blog? Not, not, you don't have to name specific names, but like what's the, what's the engagement like? So, in the early days, a contract could be like two hundred, three hundred dollars, yeah. basically. So you'd have to do a lot of them to actually be able to make your rent. You know, I was really lucky. I have to preface. So I was, yeah, we were married at the time. So my husband and I lived together. So he, like, we split our rent. So that helped a lot. I don't know if I could have done it in the early. Oh, I know I definitely couldn't have done it in the early days if I had to pay for rent all by myself. So, yeah, yeah, I basically picked out like any and it would be like, hey, can you do an Instagram post for two hundred dollars? I'd be like, yes. And they, oh, Instagram was already a thing when you yeah, started. So Instagram to, was okay. already a thing and around 2017. But it wasn't like what it was today. But it yeah. was. Yeah. So people would I that was that's what it would be. And sponsored blog posts as well. So if you wanted to write a blog about something like that and it was 
there was very little work, but there was also very little of us in the industry. So it was kind of like whatever came your way. I'm like, sure, what are we doing? You know, and I didn't have any concept about like usage rights or like paying for time or anything like that. So perpetuity, not at all. Oh my God, I could have like photos somewhere in the world and I wouldn't be able to do anything about it because I just didn't know. Um, But a lot of them didn't even have contracts. It was all so like, Lucy, Lucy. yeah, it was. There was it was the Wild West. There was no rules. And around that time, brands were just getting into like. First, they were like, why would we pay you? It's social media. And then they got to the stage like, "Okay, we'll pay you. But it was like just a couple of literally like two hundred dollars. And and if you got you're right, if you got those two hundred dollars, you're like, yes, this brand pays, you know. It was so, but like I took on so many contracts where they'd be like, yeah, come in. Like you're filming something quick for like a couple hours and you'd be there for like 14 hours and it would be (laughs) so intense and you have like no recourse because there's no contract or if there was one, you just signed away all your rights basically. Yeah. Um, And you're doing it for like very, very little money, but you're just happy to be able to do it. So I never like, I didn't feel taken advantage of or anything like that. But when I look back now, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, but that was just the way things were, you know, I was just happy to be able to make my share of rent. So I could be doing this full time. And then I feel like once Instagram really started to take off, that's when things like took off heavily as well. Yeah. Paying your dues is a thing. Totally. You know, yeah. (laughs) like you end up having to do it in, in most industries. And even if you're a lawyer, you have to really pay your dues, but you're getting paid, but you still they like, treat you really. Oh, yeah, I can grunt. imagine. <laughs> you're yeah. like a grunt. Um, OK, so um, the name, Le Petit Noob. Right. If okay. I if I would have known that the blog <laughs> was going to be like eventually my career, I would have maybe thought a little bit harder about the name. I, it, I like the name. Oh, you, I'm glad you do. I like yeah, it now. It's like for a this, small beginner. Yes, exactly. So that's that was my whole perspective. I'm like, I'm a noob at this. Yeah, I and. And your uh, shorty were yeah five yeah two. five two. So I was like, let's do this. And I thought it, it was like kind of during the age of like big the blog. So it was like cupcakes um in cashmere, yeah, yeah, like um I don't know. So it was like I think it's a good name. Something. I think it reminds me of like a, a bit of a dragon slayer mentality. Yeah, like meaning because you know. It doesn't matter if it's a true to stature thing when you enter industries or when you take on challenges, you can feel small relative to the challenge. Right. So I think it's, you know, holds true. I I, I think it's great. uh, Well, that's interesting you say that. That definitely reflected my mentality. It was like I felt like I was I felt like I was going into this already established huge thing, embarrassed already. So I was like, I'm just like a little beginner. Don't worry about me, guys. I'm just here to like, you know, kind of like mess around a little bit and see what it's about. So that was like my own, again, like my own like way of like making sense of it so that I can actually go forward and do it. Yeah, I love it. I think it's incredibly identifiable, too, because I think everybody feels that way when they're taking on a challenge. hundred percent. So, I mean, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you're basically like a know-it-all brazen. It's like, I don't don't know what the opposite side of the spectrum is, but uh, maybe that person is, uh, you know, gone off a cliff. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then your focus turns to Instagram. Right. And um, you get on Instagram and how do you weave your blog into it? And how does it, how do you sort of bring all that together? Are you selling now a brand on placement in both? And 
What's that? Yes. Yeah, so it, 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 it slowly progressed as it like continues to progress. But uh, the way for me, it was like, OK, it's your blog. We want a sponsored blog post. Then it turned into like a sponsored blog post plus an Instagram. Gosh. So it was always like that. And then eventually this I remember being like, oh, my gosh, this is new. When I got my first contract, they're like, we just want Instagram photos. I was like, what? Yeah. Like No blog posts. And so that like, was probably before Instagram had video. Yeah, there was no yeah, video. There was, no, there was video. no stories, nothing. nothing. So I remember being like, weird. And then <laughs> it was like the as like the the years progressed, the blog just became I can't even I think in the last like maybe three years, I've done two sponsored blog posts like people just don't didn't want it anymore. So the yeah, the focus definitely became more on Instagram. And like that's when like the Instagram aesthetic was huge. Right. So yeah. it's like everything needs to be perfect. Your DSLR cameras, like picture perfect everything, going out to eat just for photos. You know what I mean? So that became the new thing. So it was just trying to keep up with an ever-changing industry. But I remember the like palpable shift from like, we want you to blog, blog, blog. And then they're like, no, we just want photos. And now it's like, if you even get a photo, you're like, oh, you don't want a video? I'm like shocked, you know? Totally. Also, you... I distinctly remember how beautifully curated always your feed was. The light pink and oh, the colors. Yeah. I was you were obsessed. Ex- extremely, yeah. extremely dedicated to the curation of your feet. Your feet. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. It was exhausting to like <laughs> yeah, have that curation. About that. It was exhaust. I only wore one color. Yeah. I only like I. In my mind, it was like run by the photos and the feet. I'm like, yeah. let's go here because I could take a photo here. Like there's a pink door here. Feet. There's a pink. Oh, yeah. Table. I had a whole, I actually have a list. I probably still have it in notes. It's like defunct now because all these places are closed. But all yeah. the places I could go to for photos yeah. that had like pink things, I would go to Miami because it was pink. LA because it was pink. Like it was sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was just. I loved doing it. I thought it was like, I almost found it like I was like a collector. I'm like, I'm like yeah. collecting these little like photos to put together. But that was always at the forefront. I had like a little app in my phone where I was always like trying to organize my feed in yeah. a way. So then that becomes exhausting. So for me, the shift to video and like the shift to like non-curated and stuff was like such a welcome change because it was it was too much. I feel like everybody probably just got to be too much. And especially yeah. as a consumer of social media, you're like, Please, okay. girl, are you like in this restaurant with the flowers, with the be- like, it's too with much. No one's doing that, you know? Also, I remember when you were having a boy and people were like, is your feed color going to change? I know. Yeah, because, oh, right? Yeah. I think it had always been pink. It's so true. It's so yeah, it's funny. Like, what's what's it going to be like now? I was, you know what? It's so, I always knew if I was going to have kids, because we didn't know. I was like, if it happens, I have it. But then I was like, okay, we will have one. And I always knew if I was going to have kids it would be a boy I just knew it but I felt like I was letting a lot of people down because that was the first (laughs) reaction they're like a boy they're like no pink and I was like no no they'll still be pink they'll still be pink you know but I was like I was like oh my god I'm like how am I gonna weave this in which is so sick again like to actually like have these thoughts yeah it's yeah but I remember that too yeah that was I I almost felt disappointed like like (laughs) I felt like I was disappointing people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I mean. even though I knew I felt like I was disappointing people, which is like a very strange like yeah. reaction to. Yeah. I mean, probably looking back, you're like, what yeah, the hell? it's like but- it's, I don't I know. That's why I was like, I'm so happy, like the very curated stuff. Yeah. But I feel like I almost have like a my, I must have like a like some of like sort of obsession because I feel like if it's if that's what's gonna like let me do this still I'm doing it you know yeah. so it's like oh the curated feed is in I'm like let's do it where all yeah. the pink shit you know and now it's like <laughs> video I'm like got it I'm like got my little thing like let's do it 
just because I love doing this so much and I'd love to do it like as long as I can. Yeah, I love it. I love Mm -hmm. your videos. so (laughs) funny. You crack me up all the time. Oh, thank you. You too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's great. I mean, I feel really grateful and blessed for the group of people I've met, especially especially like the people who have blogs. I feel like those are relationships that yes. that or anyone who's had their blog for, you know, a significant amount of time they've known for that long. I feel like it just has such a special connection. And, you know, it's like we'll have we'll always have that. You it's know? so true because it was such a it was such a strange thing to do at the time you know so it's like you almost like much like funeral services where you're like kind of all in the trenches together Mm -hmm. especially like the people who've had a blog for like well mine will be almost 10 years old now and yours is like so old you know what I mean (laughs) so it's like you you have like this connection together yeah yeah that's great so how old's your son he's three and a half now Wow. Yeah. So cute. Fun age. A lot of work. A lot of like chaos is like how I describe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How are you enjoying the baby stage? It's a tremendous amount of work. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love it, of course. But you really don't ever wake up for yourself again. Never. Never. Unless somebody is watching the baby outside of your own home. That's the only way you'll ever wake up for yourself again. Yes. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You've never woken up with her not there. No, no, the only people that she's with alone um, are myself or Talia or my mother. Right. I don't really. uh, We have a wonderful help, but um, the help isn't really nanny help. It's basically, you know, more house cleaning. Yeah. Um, which is great. If you can get any, help, any, any help, help is great. And get. in-laws or parents, I mean, yes. you need any anybody you can get, take <laughs> because it's so, it's, you need it. Yeah, you especially as they get older. Like I, I remember when Benny was very little, we didn't have like, my mom would come in to help and I was like, no, like we got this, we got this, we're good. We also lived like it was, but then like life gets more complicated as they get older. We moved into a bigger space. They are like moving around. They need more things. So now, Benny, my son, is in full-time childcare. And to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, my life compared to, like, prior. So we only started doing this within the last year. And I'm like, I I, I feel like myself again, you know, yeah. which is crazy to say. But it's like you realize how much of yourself is, like, poured into this human, which is amazing. But you have, like, no time for yourself. So it's like you need the extra help. And I remember, like, we never thought we were going to do daycare because we we're like, well, you work from home. You'll just mm. take care of them. So I almost felt like I was like, oh, I'm like ashamed that I'm doing this. But like, it's the best decision ever. Yes. Yeah. Once um, Ariel can talk, I'll feel different. Yes. About um, her being alone with other people. And that's a totally we waited until he was 18 months to even do like part time. So he was only in daycare for two times a week. And like the daycare is like they give you photos. They give you like what like. It's so intense. I and we never went to daycare as kids, so I'm like, I didn't know how like intense it was. But yeah, it's it's tough because it's like you need time to yourself, but you also cherish these memories. And now that I look back, he's three and a half, and I look back at the baby stage, I'm like, wow, it it went so fast. Yeah, and you were you did a lot of the baby stage in COVID. Yes, too. Yeah. It so was, when was he born? So he was born in July of 2019. Oh, what's so his birthday? July 31st. Oh, I'm the 18th. Oh, <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, so July, great time for your mom yes, to have had you. I couldn't it. recommend it enough. Yeah. Summer baby is <laughs> yes. the best. Um, but it, so I feel, I actually feel very blessed because we got a certain amount of time pre COVID. So I got to experience like 
Matt leave where you're meeting up with friends and like the COVID didn't exist. So you could, I like literally, if somebody wanted to hold him, I'm like, here you go. I took him <laughs> to events with me. I would like be at events and be like, where is he? I'm like, oh, there he is. Somebody's got him. You know, it was yeah. so chilled out. We went to Mexico, like literally right before. So we got to do all of that stuff. So I got at least a little taste of that before we went into like heavy lockdown and things got really real. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to. And I'm grateful in that time because we definitely wouldn't have spent as much time together as a family had that not have happened. Mm -hmm. However, I am happy to have had him as a newborn prior because my experience, if I were to have him now, would have been totally different than back then. Like I would not be as liberal with people like touching him and holding him and like it's it's so it's so different now. Yeah. 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 So you cruise into lockdown with him almost at a year yes. in March. And um for his whole first year, so you're age one to two. Yeah. You're in pandemic yes. mode. Which actually is not a bad age, but he's not really socializing. No. Right? But it's better than him being a little bit older. Yeah. So yeah. it's so it's good. It's true. It was, uh, it's such a like catch 22 because even though it's a lot of work because they're so young, I felt happy. I'm like, this would be impossible with an older child that knew what mm-hmm. they were missing out on. Yeah. He was just a baby. He didn't know anything. You know what I mean? So it's like, our, we would go, we went to the park a lot. We would go and like throw sticks at stuff. Like he was just easy to entertain. You know, it was a lot, like it was really full on and you kind of felt like you were going crazy. It's because yeah. there was no escape. But at least you didn't have the added layer of like guilt knowing what your child was missing out on because he didn't know, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of like a blessing and a curse almost. Yeah, I bet. Our yeah. experience was very different because Sean's daughter was 12. Oh, 12, 13, I think that would be right? so, so tough. It was, it was very challenging. And right. I mean, it's something that like she's old enough to know what's going on and have to do the remote school. And I feel like that age is such a it's like those years are so formative and you're when you're like building relationships with people and you know socializing and I feel like I hope that the kids can get over it because it was like really affected totally and we were told like kids are resilient kids are resilient but now after after having endured that for two years you're like no I don't think the kids are okay like maybe the kids weren't as resilient as like everybody was saying and like maybe there should be like some programming or like language or anything to like at least validate like their experience yeah. so they can start to heal from it, yeah. right? Because that's tough yeah. and you saw it firsthand. Yeah. I hope that never happens again. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> Please don't ever happen again. Blood pandemic for a lifetime is enough. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, life is much better now. Full-time childcare, like getting to go out again. It's so yeah. nice, especially like seen his little like relationships form and stuff. Yeah, Brian, he's got friends. Yes, yeah. that's my husband and I, Brian and I always say, we're like, he's got more friends in the neighborhood than we do. Like we're always, he's like, mm, and we're like, who's that? And he's like, mm, and we're like, oh, well, that's nice. I'm like, I don't know anyone. I'm like, so that's nice that you have little friends. <laughs> so once they start to talk, like the things that come out of their mouth are so funny so funny yeah you end up with a lot of kids say the darndest things probably, <laughs> yeah probably. yeah it's tough especially when it comes to like kids in the internet too and like trying to share your life because there are so many videos of him that i'm like this is so funny or like and i'm <laughs> not even just from like a mom goggles i'm like this is objectively funny i'm like i feel like this could go viral on tiktok i'm like but don't because like I'm, i just i don't like the idea of like hundreds of thousands of people like 
looking at your child, you know? So it's like, that's another layer of parenthood as like a content creator is like trying to like reform boundaries and stuff like that. And it gets like a little harder as they get older. So looking forward into 2023, out of this whole, you know, well, long out now, the pandemic, things are picking up. Yay. What's exciting? Uh, I'm so excited just to be back and doing things in Toronto. So I'm very lucky to be an ambassador for Destination Toronto. So I get to do a lot of things in the city. So I was just there. We were doing like a wellness roundup. So I got to do all this. I tried other shit for the first time. How did you like it? I loved it so much more. And I was so afraid. I was like, I I didn't even want to take the contract. I was there last night. Did you? I loved it. It's it's so cool. People think it's like, oh, it's crazy. I would never do that. But it's like, I I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're so crazy. I'm like, have you tried it? And it's like, yes, it hurts. And yes, it's hard. But like, you can do hard things. Totally. And you feel so good after. You feel and you're incredible. Like, I did that. And you're, you feel, it's like, it's mental. It's physical. It's, it's, it's so cool. That's yeah. Obsessed. How long do you stay in for? Uh, last night I did 90 seconds in the tub because we were in a guided class. So everyone did 90 seconds. And then I went in for another dip for two minutes. Two minutes. And then last weekend I did a dip with Megan Yuri Young and Chloe Wilde and some friends. And I was in Lake Ontario for two and a half minutes. It was yes. so oh. cold. Our guide told us he goes into Lake Ontario every single day. It? Oh, it was Tomas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my friend. He was, if you can let him know, I'm like, I never ever would have gone into the cold bath had not hit for like his support. He's like very good at what he does. Yeah. But yeah, I. it's funny to me that like I started the blog and it was like trying to like make Toronto my own city and like connecting with people my love of Toronto and still like almost 10 years later I still get to do that and that's what excites me the most like I just really love living here and I love having like opportunities to explore everything that the city has and like have it be work too it's like pretty incredible to me I love seeing like um uh, Solmez and you do yes, all kinds yeah, of adventures. Yeah, and I were together. Elise does a lot of yes, adventures. I love Elise's videos. They're yeah. so mm, good. Me too. Oh, good. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. One of the things I wanted to ask you is like, when it comes to social, I know you make a lot more videos now. Yeah. Like, what do you think, I guess, either would be something that's, what would be next in terms of like trends, platforms, any thoughts on what will be big this year? Um, so just from what I keep on hearing from TikTok, I think like people just want like storytelling. So it's yeah. less about like the curated little cri- clips because it's like, again, like everything comes to like an extreme where now like the videos are getting very curated and stuff. So I think people just want relatable relatability in the mundane, especially as like we head into like rough economic times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think especially now when people say, you know, it's too late. There's already so many people. Everybody's an influencer now. Everybody's a content creator. Be like, well, why not you? You have a story to tell, even if you don't think it's anything remarkable to somebody it is, or they just feel like you're a comfort to somebody to like see like a little peek into somebody else's life. So Mm. I feel like that sort of relatability will be like at the forefront for sure. And same thing, like short form video. I hear long form videos coming back. So like YouTube and everything, blogs. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what's new. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. Yeah, I me think too. That's definitely on the forefront. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're it's part of what inspired Cast of Creators too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you so much you. for yeah, having me. It was awesome to meet you. Yeah. And I loved it. And you just got such a wonderful energy. Oh, thank you. You guys too. I love being here. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs>